Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pottermania. I'm your host, Ashwarya. And I'm Yasmina, your other host. And for this week, we decided to merge two different universes completely dissimilar to one another. So we're going to go ahead and be doing a Marvel and Harry Potter crossover episode where we'll be comparing Marvel Universe characters to Hogwarts professors and much more. So just to brief everyone, aside from the Harry Potter series, Yasmina and I realized that we had a huge fascination for the MCU universe as well. And so we thought, why not do an episode comparing two of our favorite things? Yeah, and this being said, we aren't major experts in the Marvel Universe. Um, We've watched the movies, the shows, but if we do make any mistakes, please don't drag us. Um, Also, make sure to give our podcast a follow and send us your commentary or voice memos. We'd love to hear from you. Um, So I know the first thing you wanted to talk about, Ash, is Marvel characters and their Hogwarts houses. Exactly. So to start off, Mm. there are so many characters to analyze in the Marvel movies. So it was a bit hard to pick which ones to sort out. Um, I feel like it's a universe where like even the side characters are given so much relevance. Um, But for me, let's, of course, analyze the main two. Iron Man, who, in my opinion, is a Gryffindor, just because he has so many leadership qualities. He's super courageous um, and embodies all of that. And um, Captain America as well, who I believe is a hybrid of a Gryffindor and a Hufflepuff. And the reason I say this is because obviously he's another leader as well that has a lot of leadership qualities, but I feel like he's super empathetic, kind, and righteous, which are qualities that can lean toward a Hufflepuff as well. Okay, so for me, for Iron Man, I think as well that he belongs to Gryffindor. Obviously, some of the characteristics of Gryffindors include, you know, determination, courage, and leadership. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that leadership isn't officially stated as a characteristic, but I feel like the majority of Gryffindors uh, showcase it. I also feel like Tony possesses leadership, especially in the Avengers movies, like the first one, where he sets up the Avengers headquarters. Um, And then later on, we see that he provides uh, some Avenger members with high-tech equipment, like Spider-Man's advanced suit or Captain America's shield. Um, And there are also multiple times where he showcases his courageous side. Uh, We see in the first Iron Man movie where he escapes uh, from being a hostage. Um, The second one we see while he's trying to save Pepper. In Infinity War, when he hops on a spaceship that's going nowhere, um... And obviously in Endgame and his final moments when he wears the Infinity uh, Gauntlet. And for Steve, I also immediately thought of him as a Hufflepuff because obviously he's very hardworking, even pre-Captain America. And um, in the first movie, uh, in the first Captain America movie, we see like how persistent he was to get into the army and to prove himself and risk his life and just, you know, partake in that and uh, represent his country. Um... And aside from that, I do feel like he's very super patient and calm throughout. And I don't know if it's just like Chris Evans' own personality (laughs) channeled through, but I just noticed like continuously how composed he is. Um, And obviously, lastly, his loyalty, his loyalty to Peggy, which I don't support him going back in time to be with her. But that's a discussion for another day. And obviously his loyalty for Bucky as well. Even, you know, when he realized his friend was somewhat far gone, he still fought for him. He still tried to keep him safe. Um, Sorry, I have like a somewhat cold. So if I'm really nasally, I apologize. No, you're totally okay. I just had a question Um, though. Like, I mean, kind of off topic. 
but like why don't you support him going back to Peggy I mean should we leave that for another episode in case that's a longer discussion yeah we probably should but my main like main um premise for or my main opinion about that is that when he goes back he changes the timeline so I think that that alters a lot because obviously we see in Captain America Winter Soldier Peggy you know has kids and grandkids and she's established and lived her life and she's content with it so Mm -hmm. for him to go back and alter that a lot of people are excluded from the equation and it just I don't I think it's um, I, I don't support it, but I mean, okay. we can, discuss we can leave, this we can leave that for another episode <laughs> if you guys want to part. Anyway. Yeah. Please let us know if you guys yeah. do find this discussion interesting, we could dive into a Marvel episode again. Um, it would be super fun, but, um, I also thought of like sorting the remaining OG six Avengers into their respective Hogwarts houses. Um, obviously like if we had more time, we'd sort everyone, but like you've mentioned, there's just so many characters side characters that would be here all day but um the first one i thought of was thor and i think he's definitely a gryffindor uh he's very courageous brave and daring honestly to a fault uh because obviously he's willing to sacrifice so much to save the day i also think that that has a lot to do with him being a king and trying to protect asgard as best as he can um, and we also see in Endgame how much of a toll it takes on him when he isn't able to save everybody and give them the life he wanted. I agree for sure, in my opinion, too. He's a Gryffindor. Um, just because, like you said, um, he was like the king of Asgard, all that. He has this mighty courageous side to him, um, which I love as well. But he also has this like subtle humor, which was kind of shown <laughs> a lot more in Endgame with Fat Thor. So it kind of gave me Ron vibes, to be That's honest. That's really good. Yeah, because Ron's also in Gryffindor. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people find him to be more like comedic than courageous. But we've already analyzed those characters and all that. But, um, yeah, so I agree 100% of Gryffindor. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next person is Hulk. So I think that Bruce is 100% a Ravenclaw. I mean, he's a scientist. So obviously he has, you know, pursuit of knowledge, which automatically makes him a Ravenclaw. Um, and obviously, I feel like some people might forget, but, you know, Vision came into existence thanks to both Tony and Bruce. Um, and he has quite the knowledge and intelligence. Uh, he's also very soft spoken, which I don't know why it reminds me of Luna, yeah. even though they're completely different characters, completely different universes. But the way that he keeps calm and speaks softly kind of gives me a Luna vibe. I can um, see and I, that. yeah, it's just, I don't know while I was rewatching the movies, how he keeps his composure. I was like, this is kind of like Luna, just because while I was watching it, I was thinking of like Harry Potter and that's why, but mm-hmm. otherwise you wouldn't be able to make that connection that much. Yeah, I actually kind of see that as well in a way too, but I agree with you. Um, no doubt about it. He's for sure a Ravenclaw with all of that scientific knowledge that he has going on and all the intelligence. There's no other house that I see him being able to be sorted into. Um, so for sure, you know, like you said, he's a person that relies a lot on like books, research facts, and this all ties in very well to his character in the MCU, MCU universe. Um, so I can see as well, like you said, how people relate him to Luna's counterpart because with his personality, his soft spokenness, but also his like intelligence, 
it, yeah. it kind of fits pretty well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, the next character is Black Widow. So I think Natasha, Natasha is a Slytherin. And although, you know, in the books, we're used to Slytherins uh, being showcased as like the villains. I think she possesses the rather better qualities of being a Slytherin, um, such as ambition. I mean, she played a very big role in Endgame. Um, she was the one who like helped locate like the stones that I remember mm -hmm. in that scene everyone was freaking out and didn't know like where they would be and she was like uh three stones would be in New York and everyone was like what and so I think that's like a scene that's overlooked in terms of like her intelligence and ambition um obviously because she's a talented spy she does possess characteristics like being cunning and clever and self-preserving mm -hmm. um and we do notice throughout that uh, the movies that not much of her past is shared. Um, so I really do hope that like the upcoming Black Widow movie highlights like more of her life um, just so we get to know her a little bit. Um, but I also feel like towards the end of her life, uh, when she sacrifices herself, she showcased a little bit of Gryffindor's bravery. But overall, I would sort her in Slytherin. Yeah, for sure. I know like when I was thinking about Natasha, it it was kind of hard for me to sort her into um, a specific category because initially I thought Gryffindor, but then, you know, listening to everything you said, I do also feel like she could be sorted into Slytherin. It's sad and annoying that people think of Slytherins as Slytherins as like cunning or like an annoying personality. But yeah. I feel like there are great Slytherins out there too. Um and that they have a personality of their own. And I feel like a lot of Slytherins can also be resourceful because they're very confident with their outcastedness. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. a word. And their different perspectives compared to the other houses. And in Natasha's case, I found her to be that way. She's like very dedicated to her job and she has like a no shit mentality. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah. And there's several times when we see her like vulnerability, which is not shown very much when they portray Slytherin characters and like, the Harry Potter universe like Malfoy or whatnot but um we did see it in her case and I do feel like a lot of Slytherins because they guard themselves they probably have a vulnerable side too and we see that with her when she tells Bruce about her backstory how she cannot have children and also in Endgame when we see her sacrificing herself for friends to save the universe humanity and um yeah a similarity is kind of shown in like Snape's scenario I guess um oh my god series. I didn't think of that yeah, like a little bit, because, you know, if you think about it, you know, we've talked about this in our episodes, too, and tons of people have the opinion and like the agreement that he was a bully and a bit of an asshole. But then toward the end, you kind of see a different perspective of him where he shows his flashback as a child and how he actually had this nurturing side to him and his love like toward Lily. And so in my opinion, they both the, the similarities that they kind of have like a tough love mentality or I kind of got that vibe. Maybe that's just like what I thought. Um, but no, but I, I mean, I, I get that too. I do still think that Natasha is a little bit more warm. Oh, but 100%. I mean, yeah. in the initial movies, like the first Iron Man, she is caring, but there is a bit of like cold um, characteristic to her. Like mm -hmm. she's not necessarily usually loving. And then we see yeah. this like her developing 
this character arc where yeah. she becomes like loving and caring yeah. and selfless. Uh, we didn't see that much of Snape, but no. I do understand in terms of sacrifices and I think things like that. In terms of like vulnerability too, because they both hide that part of themselves. They're always like, yeah, right. you know, let's take something for the team. Like, you know, um, let's get this job done. It's not really them there to talk about their life until much later where you're like wow it's true like their personality they kind of again self-preserving um you don't know much but they are in the like background sacrificing and doing all this stuff but Mm -hmm. it's not that evident exactly Um, yeah i do agree with that uh lastly clint so clint is kind of hard because again we don't know that much about him we don't know that much about hawkeye um but I felt like he's not a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw. He's just kind of like hard to sort into a house. But I honestly felt like he could be a hybrid of both Hufflepuff and Slytherin. Hmm. And I think like some characteristics of Hufflepuff, such as hardworking, are applicable to him. And I know it's kind of off to sort him in the same house as Captain America because they're completely different people. But <clears throat> I think that's the beauty of Hogwarts houses is that you can yeah. have like completely different people. I mean, think of like Ron, Hermione, and Harry and still belonging in the same house because they have some shared qualities. Um, And again, he's evidently hardworking because he's the only one without superhuman capabilities along with like Natasha, of course. So he has to work twice as much to be able to keep up with with the superheroes, which is something I didn't really think about before. And then I remember when I was watching the movies again and just noticing like how Thor has like these godly powers in the hammer. Captain America has like, you know, the the serum and like the shield. Iron mm-hmm. Man has his whole entire shield, you know. Yes. Um, and it's like you have Natasha and, and Clint. The Clint just, yeah, just relying on their own like physical abilities. So mm-hmm. He's obviously hardworking. Um, and in terms of Slytherin, I feel like he also possesses characteristics similar to Natasha. Uh, you know, he's very clever. He's also very self-preserving. He also managed to keep his family a secret until it was time to reveal it. Um, and also, you know, when we oh, saw yeah, an end, right. end game, like he kept his identity secret when he was seeking vengeance. Like no one really knew who he was. So those are the qualities I see in him that come from Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, everything you're saying, I agree with you. And Hawkeye was another one that was very difficult for me to sort because I never paid too much attention to his character. I'm rewatching the MCU movies now and I am. But I do feel like he could also be a Slytherin like Natasha, like a good Slytherin. And my opinion is uh, because he's, you know, one of the underdogs of the team. He um, more than sacrificial, he's very focused about his own life and his own family. So with his storyline, I kind of felt like it was centered around him and his goals and his future. And as we see mm-hmm. in many of the movies, you know, Captain America, Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, he makes it very clear that his priority is to be with his family and to focus on that rather than towards the team's goal of saving humanity and the universe and fighting with the squad, even though he is an Avenger, which is totally fine. I just feel like in a way that kind of ties into him sort of being a Slytherin, him being very confident about what he wants and his family. Um, And I totally get it. You also see his like fighting spirit a bit um, in Endgame where he becomes a bit of an assassin. And so that kind of gave me Slytherin vibes too, because I know a lot of Slytherins are very... um, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but they're they always kind of want to fight and um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I do agree with, um, I didn't think about it, but I do agree with the point that you're saying, like, he's always constantly like uh, his goals are focused on him specifically, which is not the same for the rest of the Avengers, yeah. because we see that they sacrifice a lot, especially in end game when they convince, um, what's oh my God, when they convince Tony to join them, um, you know, to go back in time, locate the stones and all of that. And the first thing he tells Captain America, Steve, he tells him, you know, I, I have so much good right now and I want to yeah. preserve that and keep it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he still wears the infinity gaunt gauntlet yeah. and sacrifices himself to protect humanity, which is not something I would see Hawkeye doing. No. Um, and that mm. gives me very much like Harry versus um, Malfoy vibes because you remember in Deathly Hallows when uh, Harry's like, no, we have to go back and save Malfoy and his friends. And Ron is like, I'm going to kill you if we die. And yeah. it's just like Malfoy wouldn't have done the same thing. He would have just let them die. He would have let Harry. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Harry, you know, wanted to save everybody. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's the vibe that Hawkeye gives me. For sure. And um you know, like I said, we also see nurturing sides of him, like in the movies when he like takes care of Wanda and he's very like, you know, um, monumental and like making her come into her own personality and stuff. So it's not just I'm not saying he's a self-centered person. I'm just saying, like, I guess his priorities were very clear to him that. Yeah, it, it was just him focusing on his family and the whole Avengers thing was kind of more of like a side hustle ish I guess yeah. but he was always there anyway yeah. so moving on um another category we wanted to talk about was MCU characters and Hogwarts professors and we're basing this on their personality and characteristics rather than their powers and capabilities gender swap is of course allowed because we're very limited to certain um Hogwarts professors but yeah, yeah. do you want to start off with that Yasmina? Yeah, so for, for me, the first one I thought about it was McGonagall. Mm -hmm. And I honestly thought about Captain, Mar uh, Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, be, like, she's very similar to McGonagall in terms of, like, both of them are very serious. Yeah. They're very independent women. Um, and they're also very highly skilled in their fields. Uh, the next person I thought of was Albus Dumbledore. And for Albus Dumbledore, I thought of Bruce because Bruce is very wise and knowledgeable. But I also thought about Doctor Strange. So I thought about Bruce first. And then afterwards, I was like, you know what? Doctor Strange would be really good because he's very knowledgeable. He has the ability to tap into different universes. So he's like spiritually aware and higher kind of in terms of like spirituality and stuff. Um, so I think that he would be a really good uh, Albus Dumbledore as well. Yeah, for sure. I 100% have to go with Doctor Strange um, as Albus's counterpart. Um, because, you know, like you said, just to add on, he's also like very righteous and wise and seems to know a lot about like the MCU universe and how that came into play. Hopefully they show that in future movies, but it's very similar to, uh, similar to Albus who, um, was just very wise and knew a lot of like history about the wizarding world. He experienced so many like different things, which are probably now going to be shown in the Fantastic Beast series. So yeah, I feel like Dr. Strange for Albus. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, 
Moving on, I think the next person that I thought about was Alistair Moody, Mad-Eye Moody, you could say. And I thought of Nick Fury. I don't know why. <laughs> that's so like... fun. Uh, sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss, but that's really good because of the eye. And I just <laughs> think about eye. that. Like, I, I don't have anything to comment about for um, Nick Fury and Mad-Eye Moody. But when you said that, I was like, holy shit, like, they both have the eye thing. Yeah, we just, it's so funny, you guys. <laughs> like, you know, we listed out a bunch of, like, professors and, we were just trying to think about like brainstorming which characters would fit with who. And when when Alistair Moody was on the list, I just thought of Nick Fury because of the eye patch, like you said. Um, but also because Nick's very like authoritative. He basically managed all of the Avengers. He assembled them together. Initially, he used to dictate their missions and everything like that. And I felt like you kind of got a glimpse of that with Mad-Eye Moody in, um, you know, the Harry Potter series as well. So that that's basically one of the reasons why I kind of thought they would both fit together personality wise, not just because of the eye patch. But um, the next person I thought of was uh, Pom Pomona Sprout. Pomona Sprout. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I think it's Pomona. Pomona. Okay, perfect. And um, Groot. <laughs> Dude, this is so on point because Groot is literally a tree. Like, Groot? I don't know what he is, like a twig or a tree. <laughs> yeah, so Groot, um, he is a flora colossus. I hope that's what... What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, I looked this up. I researched this. <laughs> and so it's pretty... Yeah, it, like, fits under the plant herbology um, kind of line. And I, I think this is basically his territory. I mean, come on. Like, who better to give a fight to Sprout than Groot? Because, like, I mean, he... Like you said, he's basically a twig, a tree, so... Even so what he's... is he going to say? He's just going to be like, I am Groot I'm the whole Groot. time. <laughs> you know, in another universe in my head, maybe Groot can be given more lines. Or maybe Groot could be a guest speaker. Or not a guest speaker, but like a guest, what do you call it? You know when you have classes and they're just like, I know you called them guest speakers, but maybe he could like... Like, you like know, just experiment. come in once and like talk. <laughs> yeah, just show them. He can show stuff, right? Like he doesn't need to know. Right, his abilities. Talk. Yeah, his abilities. So maybe definitely. That's, That's a I good thought. one. I think I think you got it on point for Mad Eye Moody and, yeah. and Sprout. Um, for Remus Lupin, I thought of Ant Man. I really don't have any reason whatsoever besides the fact that they give me similar vibes, which doesn't even make sense because Ant Man is very comedic mm -hmm. and yeah. um, Remus Lupin is very serious. But I don't know why. That's the first person that popped in my head when I thought of Remus Lupin. That's so crazy. I, I need to think about that a bit more because I did not see Ant-Man as Lupin. Um, I felt like Iron Man kind of fit that vibe, even though, you know, initially I felt like he was more of a serious black, but obviously black's not a teacher. Um, yeah. So I thought it would be more easier to give him Lupin's counterpart. They're both they're both very like passionate about teaching and encouraging learning when we see that a lot in like Remus's like teaching styles and Tony's um you know, I think there were parts in the like MCU movies where he was just giving grants to people to encourage like technology learning and advancement. So that's what I thought. But yeah. but you know what? And I feel like someone else who would be really good as Remus Lupin um, yeah. would be Hulk, like Bruce Banner. And the one reason why is because both like Remus and Bruce have things that they can't really control mm -hmm. and they have I can to see learn that. to adapt and like work around that and control it and both have like this transformation like Remus transforms into a, yeah, a, werewolf, a werewolf and then you have Bruce Banner transforming into Hulk so now that I'm thinking about it maybe 
Remus Lupin, like Bruce Banner, would be a better option than yeah. Ant Man. <laughs> Let, let's drop everything we said and just give it to Bruce. Yeah, let, let's just give it they to can't Bruce. Control, like you know, like Remus couldn't control when he turned into a werewolf, and like Hulk couldn't necessarily control, like when he turned from Bruce to the Hulk. So yeah, let's give let's give it to Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that works better. Consensus. Um, yeah, for Severus Snape. The only one I'm very confident about, obviously, because my other options weren't that good. But this one I'm confident about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they ever do, like, a Harry Potter reboot, I really hope they consider Tom Hiddleston for Snape's role. Amazing. Because, like, I know that's very far-fetched since he's... If they do a reboot, like, we want an accurate representation of Snape. We want a younger man. Um, Tom is pretty old. But I just feel like a Loki and Severus Snape give me the same energy i would love to see tom hiddleston play sever snape in his like t- uh, like loki persona um you know with a little bit of makeup and cgi i feel like that can make it work to make him look a little bit younger a thousand percent i couldn't agree with you more loki gives me like total <sighs> snape. Snape if there was like an alternate crossover whatever i would love to see that he'd be a perfect counterpart and i feel like Loki, you know, if you were to kind of play Snape's counterpart in like whatever universe, he would be able to like add some subtle humor to the character, which would be super cool too, because like Snape's like shown as a very serious guy towards the end, you kind of see that he has this nurturing side to him, like I mentioned, but humor for his character would have been great, like a little bit, you know, like right and. And Tom Hiddleston is British, so we're not, there's no issue there because the remaining of the cast, I know they're like American and stuff. So maybe our predictions and us matching doesn't really work that well, but Tom Hiddleston is British. It would work perfectly. Like, please, Warner Bros., if you're ever listening to this and want to do it. Yeah, Warner Bros. Please, we only, we want Tom Hiddleston as Snape. And I feel like he looks younger than his age, so we can make it kind of work. We totally could. Yeah. Come on, guys. Perfect. Um, So the next person I thought about was Phileas Flitwick. And in a really weird way, I had to give this one some thought. I thought maybe Quill, Peter Quill, (laughs) because both of them are very nerdy and have like very quirky personalities. We don't see too much of Flitwick in the Harry Potter series. And we do see a lot of Quill in MCU. Um, But I have no reasoning behind this besides that I get very similar, like quirky personality vibes from them. Like, and that's that. Or like, you know, in another world, maybe even Falcon. But I was just thinking because, you know, Flitwick does the whole levitation charm from his class, like Wingardium Leviosa. And I'm like, who else could fly in the series? Falcon. Let's oh, my God. But Falcon would be so freaking funny. Like, so. he would be hilarious. Sam would be so funny Amazing. if he was like a charms teacher. I, I feel like so. we need... We need to match him for like a class that's a little bit more comedic, which I can't think of one right now mm-hmm. um, at Hogwarts. But damn, he's just really funny, that yeah. guy. Um, I agree. So for Sybil Trelawney, I thought of Wanda. I don't know. I just like the style and movements. Wanda would be perfect. But I also think that Mantis would be good as well because she reads minds. And um, I don't know. I think she would be a very interesting character because... Uh, I don't know why, but, like, Wanda gives me, like, Sybil Trelawney energy yeah. like, uh, for divination. And I feel like Mantis gives me a little bit of, like, Ferenz or Ferenzi energy. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that both of them would be, like, interesting to play Sybil Trelawney or just to play, like, a divination uh, classes um, mm-hmm. teachers. 
I can totally see that. Um, you know, maybe we could have one with Wanda and Mantis teaching that class because that would be great. Yeah, co-teaching, yeah. Perfect. Um, so the next person, Rubius Hagrid, <laughs> we see just for a hot minute as a professor, but um, I thought of Hulk in Endgame because, um, you know, just because of his personality, I, I feel like personality-wise, both of them, like, really kind of match up they're both just sweet big guys Hagrid is such a teddy bear um but you know after more thought because initially the first person I thought of was Hulk I I think Captain America has to take over like Hagrid's counterpart to be honest he's the sweetest most empathetic nurturing guy um and I I feel like either Hulk or Captain America like initially I really was thinking Hulk but I feel like if someone was to play his counterpart Captain America would have to take I, it. I really like Hulk uh, in Endgame because that's when you yeah. see like Bruce Banner is in control of Hulk. So they're one together. Like it's like Bruce Banner's personality and in the body of Hulk. Mm-hmm. I see that more as Hagrid. I know that Captain America, we didn't match him with anyone. I yeah. didn't think of anyone, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think he's very kind and sweet. I don't see him as Hagrid personally. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hulk in Endgame, which like Bruce Banner, Hulk together I love that because yeah. he's so loving and caring, especially in that scene when he gives a taco to Ant-Man um, because, like, his, like, flew off. So, I, I don't know. He gives me, like... No, yeah, I he agree. G- I had such a tough time, like, sorting... Because it was between Cap and Hulk from en- the Endgame Hulk, specifically, for Hagrid. Yeah. So, I'm like, both of them are equally, like... They equally work for me because of personality. But, okay, let's just give it to Hulk from Endgame. Um... Other than that, the next person was Horace Slughorn, and I just thought Drax, there there isn't really much of a reasoning besides they have great comedic timing, um, and they're also very, like, clumsy and unaware at times, personality-wise, yeah. which is really funny because Slughorn's actually a professor, unlike Drax, so, yeah, that's what I thought. Dude, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, we can discuss this another time in terms of, like, the funniest Marvel movies, but Guardians of the Galaxy was the freaking funniest. And I think in um, Endgame, no, it was in Infinity War, the Mm -hmm. funniest scene was with Quill, Drax, and Iron Man, and um, uh, Quill was like, where's Gamora? And then Iron Man was like, I'll do you one better who's Gamora? And then Drax is on the floor. He's like, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? (laughs) And I literally love this because they literally put the funniest people in one scene. Like they literally put Quill, Iron Man and Drax in one place. Like it was so funny. It was iconic. I love it. I would love a movie with like Quill, Iron Man and Drax. Just that would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and, and Rocket because Rocket is so funny too. Yeah. And just have him. Um, sorry, I went on a tangent. But um, <laughs> the last person we wanted to look into was Gilderoy Lockhart. And I love Iron Man with all my heart. He's my favorite MCU character. And I think he has, like, I know that he has, like, a great character arc. And, you know, we see his development from the first movie. But I'm thinking of Tony in the first movie, like, the self-absorbed, narcissistic. He would be hmm. very good as uh, Lockhart because... We see in the first movie, like, and Tony loves himself. He's self-absorbed. He knows he's the shit. And that, I feel like, is fitting for Gilderoy Lockhart. That is so funny because I feel like <laughs> we both have very different perspectives of Lockhart. Lockhart is, he definitely is a self-absorbed asshole. But I kind of found him to be really funny at times, too, because he's so stupid. So I thought of Fat Thor from Endgame. 
just because Gilderoy Locker is such a clown. And, you know, for me, like when I watch um, The Chamber of Secrets, I believe that's the one. Um, he was an extremely funny character. And I felt like that embodied like Fat Thor, who was such a mess in the last movie. But he was so freaking funny. Um so yeah, I, that's that's who I thought of as. I do, I do see that. Like, yeah. I do see the funny aspect. I still feel like maybe, maybe you know, beginning I of the Chamber too, of Secrets, yeah. it could be Iron Man, and then end towards the middle and end like where uh, Lockhart is more comedic and confused. Yeah. Uh, then it could be Thor. I yeah, feel. I, I feel like that could work. Alrighty, so now we're going to be discussing the MCU characters and how they correlate to Hogwarts class subjects and like, I mean, classes mainly. But um, what we're going to be doing is primarily we're going to be focusing on the Hogwarts on a few of the Hogwarts classes, so as not to bore you guys. And um, I've said this before, but I feel like if Loki was in the Hogwarts universe, and if he was a professor, he'd be amazing as a transfiguration prof. Because, you know, from what I've read and seen in the Harry Potter um, movies, transfiguration classes with McGonagall seem to be a lot more theoretical and, you know, just analytical. But I feel like with Loki, he would definitely make it more like hands-on learning. He'd be a very mischievous prof for sure, um, teaching with a lot of different, like, tips and tricks. But I would definitely take this class because I feel like it would be more my style for sure. It makes a lot of sense, and I would have never thought of Loki as transfiguration, but I think he would be phenomenal because he already does such a great job, like, yeah. especially, I don't know if it was uh, Thor Ragnarok, when he uh, transfigures himself into Captain America. That was so funny. Oh, so I think yeah. he would be really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I thought of a professor for history of magic, and I thought that Captain America would be really good at it, uh, obviously keeping in mind that we're assuming these Marvel characters become magical and they're not muggles. Um, I feel like he'd be able to add some anecdotes to historical events and just having lived through them would make the course very interesting because he could bring up examples and things like that to capture the attention of students. Um, I also feel like the way he looks, it'll give yeah. me a lot of like Lockhart and Chamber of Secrets <laughs> because people will actually pay attention to his class and, mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, engage in discussions and all that, which I feel like would prove very handy for the Hogwarts students. For sure. I can totally see that. And I feel like he's one of the characters, too, in his standalone movies that has more of like a historical aspect to it mm -hmm. with Captain America, like the first one, first Avenger, I think. So I can definitely see him teaching history of magic. I also believe that like Scarlet Witch, aka Wanda, would be a great defense against the dark arts professor. Um, after watching her new like standalone show, Wanda Vision, you can tell that she's really great with. I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Spoiler alert! Right now, it's right? We should have given a disclaimer in the yeah, beginning. Like, hey guys, alert. if you guys haven't watched Wanda Vision, just stop this episode now. But um, I feel like you know. Throughout the later episodes in the show, she is great with kids. And I feel like in a way, she'd make a perfect professor, very empathetic. She seems to know a lot about magic and would probably be like methodically really good at teaching students how to control their magic. Because I feel like that's some, like a journey she went through, too, with different spells and protective charms. Um, but also, like, you know, she could be really good at teaching study of ancient runes. What do you think? Honestly, I think your your choice is better, especially now that you mentioned controlling magic because she's mm -hmm. automatically like a, a wizard slash yeah. sorcerer. Uh, so sh we wouldn't have to like 
convert her to a magical uh, individual. Yeah. For me personally, I had thought of either like Hawkeye or Natasha for okay. uh, being like the defense against the dark arts teachers, because I feel like, as you mentioned earlier, um, they're resourceful. And I feel like because they lack any superhuman qualities and they rely on their human abilities to compete, I feel like they'd be quite credible when it comes to defense capabilities. Mm. But, and like, I don't know, it doesn't <clears throat> make as much sense as Wanda now that I think about it. So I don't know if my argument is credible, but um, I don't know. I think they're pretty powerful. Um, they have like a lot of knowledge. And if you add like a wand and magical abilities to that, I think they'd be yeah. great. Um, I feel like it'd be great if like, you know, you know, now that you've mentioned it, like Wanda taught the class, like the class and they came in as maybe like guest speakers or guest Right. Like maybe like, one give them the time. some kind of credit or like, you know, into the class. Yeah. 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 Um, I but I guess like Wanda would be better as like the primary teacher for that. And then you mm -hmm. can have like Hawkeye and Natasha like pop up ones to teach something. Um, for me, for like, I chose Bruce as the potions teacher uh, for one, obviously he's a scientist for another, yep. he's very knowledgeable and intelligent. Um, and I think he'd bring a new perspective to a potions master because he's very kind and soft-spoken, which is kind of like the opposite of Snape or Slughorn. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Slughorn wasn't kind, but he was literally just trying to trade in students and like favorites <laughs> yeah. and Snape was just like cold. So I feel like Bruce would be a different, like would bring a different perspective to this class. Um, but he can also, like, as Hulk, he can also be the teacher for care of magical creatures. Um, he'd be able to manage the creatures. Like, if a creature, like, like a hippogriff got out of control, he'd be able to, like, catch it and control it. Whoa. Um, yeah. I, I can totally powerful, see that. Yeah. Right? Totally because with that. Hagrid, like, he was freaking out and he wasn't able to do anything, even though he's supposed to be a half giant. But I feel like Hulk would be, like, either talk to the hippogriff or just mm -hmm. control it. I don't know. As Bruce Banner as Hulk really gives me Hagrid vibes. So. I agree. Yeah. Especially uh, the last movie. Like, you yeah, know, totally Hagrid vibes. That's so funny because I totally saw him as a potions teacher. Everything that you said. Um, I feel like, you know, with potions, too, you need to be like very careful and analytical. And a lot of the potions professors, especially Slughorn, they kind of just gave the kids like rule books and they're like do it yourself but you need to be careful with potions because if you like screw it up then it could you know um be bad but i feel like bruce as a teacher he would actually try to like help each student um in a way so i i totally saw him as that but care of magical creatures i never saw that until you mentioned it and now i can totally because you know like you said in his hulk form he would probably be able to like relate to a lot of like the big creatures like hippogriffs and help in taming them i can totally see that i love it yeah and i honestly i don't know why i just i can, I can imagine like mark yeah. ruffalo walking around the potions class trying to help actually help the students that yeah. are struggling and not just making it like a competition yeah um of like who can actually understand these like ambiguous guidelines that don't make any sense yeah let's let's take mark ruffalo as potions teacher and then hulk from endgame yeah as like care of magical <laughs> creatures um, exactly. i would take both classes but um yeah i mean lastly i believe dr strange would be a really good divinations like class professor and um, the reason being is honestly compared to trelawney's classes with that stupid crystal ball 
I feel like he would have a really different take to the class, which which would be so cool. You know, we see in the movies how Doctor Strange, aside from his whole astral projection stuff, he also has access to like teleportation between different mm-hmm. dimensions, allowing him to see alternate person uh, possibilities of um, future events, which I feel like would be really cool to show and implement towards this class. Now, bear with us, although most of the MCU characters' powers are accessible to them and not like Hogwarts students, because a lot of them are like inbuilt or, you know, um, it's hard to teach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is all like this whole episode is like if there was an alternate universe. Um, But I feel like he would be a great counterpart. And, you know, a possibility with all of these like options that we're saying even if they appeared as like guest teachers for like Hogwarts class that would be really insightful or learning to the students um like theoretically and yeah 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 I I mean I mean they can also even appear as like guest teachers that are not magical just to show like they don't need to teach the class but they could just like showcase their abilities maybe like right for Wanda's case she could help the kids control magic that maybe a professor wouldn't necessarily be able to do yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah um I do think that Doctor Strange would be really good especially because again he can tap into multiple universes he's able to predict what could happen honestly I don't know what's wrong with me but for the longest time I know that divination is like predicting I don't know why I thought it was mind reading last week when we were working on this outline and that's why I thought of like Wanda and Mantis because I was like oh they're really good at mind Mind reading reading. yeah and then I I, it was like a shocker to me when I realized it's more of like predicting and so I was like oh shit like I'm gonna have to reread the books now I mean truly to be honest like you barely see a lot of these classes described as well and like Trelawney all she had was that stupid crystal ball so like in a way you could kind of relate it to like mind reading even though she is trying to like get the kids to right like predict future events by looking into a cup or you know looking into the crystal ball and I'm like okay Trelawney calm down exactly so it was kind of confusing for me but then I was like no like uh divination is predicting the future so Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange would be really good at it yeah um the last character I wanted to discuss was Thor um I think Thor would be really good at teaching either astronomy or study of ancient runes because I do feel that somewhat, I mean, it's self-explanatory because he's very old, um, but he's also very aware of the existence of like multiple planets. And Mm -hmm. if you remember in the first Thor, he was explaining to Jane, like how all the planets are connecting and just galaxies and universes. And he's also like, obviously aware of different civilizations. We see that in the Thor movies, like he's aware of all these different civilizations that are on these different planets because they were either at war with them or they saved them or something like that. So I think that he would bring about a lot of knowledge for astronomy and ancient ruins and maybe make it a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. And now that you've just mentioned it, because I can totally see Thor as like an astronomy prof, but like, you know, Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy cast together, like that would be, that'd be like a really big... Class. right and, and you just like, like have so root cool. in the corner just yeah. like adding commentary how like, cool I'm would it root. be like you know like thor is just like the main prof if you want and then the guardians of the galaxy cast like take turns as like guest lectures because they have they would have so much knowledge about like different planets and like civilizations and they've traveled between the planets too like thor is the king of asgard so of course like that would totally work i love that 
It would be. It would be really good. And, like, also Peter Quill could bring in the perspective of being, like, half human. Yes. So, like, students would kind of relate to him being human Mm -hmm. um, and some of his experience and maybe, like, add a little bit more of credibility because the rest of them all came from, like, different planets. But then you have Quill who actually lived up till he was, like, I don't know, like, nine on Earth. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That would be really interesting, but also a hilarious, like, class. It would make that funny. I would take all of these classes. You know what's really funny? After this episode, I've realized how, like, a lot of the Hogwarts profs were not really good. Like, we have my no, and a lot of them were just pretty shitty. Because, like, Defense Against the Dark Arts, they always change to professor. Like, every movie. And um, the other ones are just, you know, they were either, like, sweet characters, but not the best profs, like Hagrid. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in an alternate universe, everything we theorized would be so cool. And I would take all of these classes. Honestly, can you just think about, <clears throat> sorry, can you just think about like a Marvel Harry Potter, one movie that like combines Harry Potter universe and Marvel, like just how successful that yeah. movie would be and like how oh many God. moviegoers there would be. Because if you combine like the Harry Potter franchise, like the amount of fans there are, and then the Marvel one and just com- take both groups and put them together. Can you just imagine like the chaos this would create? Like Insane. people would go ballistic. Literally. <laughs> That's all they'd be talking about for years. For like years. And no would one would watch anything out. else. Yeah. Me too. Totally. And just having like the OG six. Like I'm not talking about the new phase of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, the originals. The original. Like talking about having like Scarlett Johansson walking down Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Like- Yo. <laughs> That'd be amazing in, like, robes. I love <laughs> Right. No, yeah. They can't be wearing their own, like, superhero clothes. They'd yeah. be wearing, like, Hogwarts robes. God, that phenomenal. Amazing. Honestly, like, someone hire us as, like, screenwriters. Seriously. Because we have, like, a whole... Like, we can... Um, structure a whole outline yeah Yeah, we have ideas all over the place that kind of don't make sense there's not they're not cohesive but we can try to work on it yeah oh my god well thank you guys again so much for tuning into this fun interactive episode of ours this one is especially dedicated to you marvel fans just like us we honestly loved the idea of analyzing crossovers and the possibility of two realms reuniting so this was an episode that we really put some thought into and we were very excited to record we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did creating it if you did please do share and like our page for more upcoming content i'm ash your host and i'm yasmina and we are signing off for the day thanks for tuning in guys bye bye